was happening in between my, my son-in-law and, and our grandson. See, our grandson is about the age where he's getting his driver's license. And uh, my son-in-law was, was doing the daddy thing with him. And it reminded me of a story that I once read about a teenage boy that had just passed his driving test and he was inquiring with his dad and beginning to discuss the use of the family vehicle. Well, the father said he'd make a deal with his son, which I think we have done, those of us who remember those days. You bring your grades up from a C to a B, study your Bible a little, and get your hair cut. Then we'll talk about car use. The boy thought about that for a moment, decided he'd settled for the offer, and they shook hands and agreed. About six weeks after, the father said, son, you brought your grades up, and I've observed that you have been studying your Bible, but I'm disappointed that you haven't yet cut your hair. The boy said, you know, Dad, I've been thinking about that. And I've noticed in my studies of the Bible that Samson had long hair. John the Baptist had long hair. Moses had long hair. And there's even strong evidence that Jesus had long hair. I love the father's reply. Well, if you've read the Bible closely, you'll notice that they walked everywhere. Well, our scripture reading is going to be dispersed this morning through my thoughts. I mean it. I came across this little ditty that went like this from a sermon by Melvin Newland. Some go to church to laugh and talk, and some go there to walk the walk. Some go to church to meet a friend, and some, some go there an hour to spend. Some go to church to find a bride, and some go there a fault to hide. Some go to church to celebrate, and some go there to agitate. Some go to church to doze and nod, but the wise go there to worship God. One of the most important functions of the church is worship. Most of what we usually call worship could be described as vertical worship, where we lift up our voices together in praise and prayer and song to the wonderful God of our creation. But there is also something very unique and important that we often miss, and I call that the horizontal dimension of worship. We reach out in fellowship to those around us in corporate unified worship together. Which is why, you see here I want to wander, which is why we have taken the task over these last number of weeks to study the teachings of the New Testament, the one another's. I had introduced them as the 12 commandments of the New Testament. And then I changed it a little bit 
And I now believe that these one another instructions, these one another teachings that Jesus has allowed to be in his holy word and taught by the apostles and the disciples become BTVJ. They're the tools, they're the ingredients that allow us be, to become PTVJs. Now, for our visitors who don't understand what that means, some of us are still wearing the nice bracelets that say BTVJ on them, becoming the visible Jesus. Becoming the visible Jesus. Why has this become so important to me? Because I believe that God is waiting in his throne room, particularly in North America, and particularly in Canada and the United States. He is waiting to pour down blessings upon us. He is waiting to allow the 21st century to come into our doors and receive and understand the brilliance of God. And I sense he's holding back, and he's holding back until we, who are children of God, who are part of Christian community, begin to act like Christian community amongst ourselves. And when we begin to do that, and these tools, these 12 statements and teachings do that very thing, they help us to act as a believer's community, and when that community is thriving inside, I believe the doors are opened by God, and the 21st century will begin to come in. They will walk into the church and they will see the church as something different. They will see the church as of what they believe the church today. And so this morning we're gonna go on with another one of our one another, wow. With our one another's. And I know you've all been waiting for this one. Greet one another, Romans 16, 16, with a holy kiss. Wow. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Now, you might think that that's just one simple statement in the scriptures, but if you look carefully at the word of God, this same sentence and this same direction and teaching is used elsewhere. We find it, of course, in, in 2 Corinthians 13, 12. We find it in 1 Peter 5, 14, 1 Corinthians 16, 20, and 1 Thessalonians 5, 26. This is not just a one-time statement. This is a greeting that is used throughout the New Testament, and because it is used so many times, I believe that it's important for us. It's important for us to understand because it's important that we behave this way if we are really going to become the visible Jesus. And so what does Paul mean by this? Let me suggest that Paul says of this one another, starts with the word greet. This word in the New Testament is an active, an action statement. It implies that you should take the initiative, not for you to expect others to greet you, but you should be taking the initiative to greet others around you. Sometimes people come to church and hunker down in their seats and wait for someone to come and greet them. If you're one of those people, you've got it backwards. Paul says for you to take the initiative and to go and greet one another. Sometimes people attend or join a church and they never quite fit in. They're waiting for someone 
to greet them in a special way. But if you read Proverbs, it says a man that has friends must show himself to be friendly. You see, there are some people that seem to be, it's all about me. Jesus talked about the Pharisees. And he said they like to dress up in their robes and they like to go downtown and they like people to greet them as special. Some people are like that. Well, here I am. Everybody notice me. And there are others who seem to be saying by their spirit and attitude, there you are. There you are. I've noticed you. The Pharisees were here I am people and Jesus was the there you are person. He went out and looked for people to greet. Matthew 5 says, don't just love your own or those who love you and who are nice to you. Why, even the, even the pagans and tax collectors do that. James went on to say, never show partiality. When the rich come down, don't give them the best seats in the house. Treat everybody the same. In fact, James even said, if you show partiality to people, you are sinning. You are not behaving properly. So the Bible says we are to go out and beyond our comfort zone and greet all people of all stripes and of all levels of society and all backgrounds. I want to say to you, my friends, the 21st century is just outside these doors. And that 21st century is quite different than what you and I grew up with. The lifestyles and the attitudes and the understandings are quite different. But God loves the 21st century. Jesus died for the 21st century. And he died for people in the 21st century. And I believe he's longing to open the doors of the church and let the 21st century come in. I suggest that the reason we're not getting blessed is we have not, we're not willing to open the doors because of our fears. But Paul goes on there and he talks about, well, greet one another with a holy kiss. Now I know the young people are saying, they're not here today, good thing they're not here to see this, but they'll be saying, right on, preacher. That's what we need to be doing in the church, more kissing. I think that's a great idea. I can just see them up there in the balcony where they usually sit just kind of drooling. Oh, when is this going to happen? They're getting a little black up there and they say, preach it, brother, preach it. Well, that's not quite what, what Paul meant. A holy kiss was the normal way to greet people in that day. It was not uncommon. But the word holy simply means there are no sexual overtone, overtone, overtones in that kind of greeting. I don't know if you've ever been at an airport, but I, I, I've traveled a lot in my days with Youth for Christ and internationally. And every time I'm in an international airport waiting for my flight, I can see the different cultures come off the plane and their families or their friends or acquaintances greet them. And many of them, Middle Easterners, Italians and Greeks, they go up to each other and they give themselves a, a kiss on the cheek, male or female. But I'm not embarrassed to do that. It was a form of greeting. And the Holy Bible has put that form in words. 
We need to understand that Paul is not mandating a certain style of greeting. His, his emphasis was not on the form of greeting, but it is to be holy and that is to be sincere, from, for, it is to be a sincere form of greeting. He's teaching that we should greet people without partiality and it should be sincere and heartfelt. Our greeting should be sincere and heartfelt. We should want to be greeting these people. We should be desiring to reach out to them in a heartfelt, sincere way. However, there's a second question that arises from our test this morning. What happens when we greet one another like this? What happens? The first 16 verses of Romans, Romans 16 are a greeting that Paul gives. And I won't take the time to read it, but I encourage you to go home and pick it up and read it. This first 16 verses of greeting is, to, is the word greet is used 16 times in 16 verses. And the greeting, and it was a greeting by 26 specific people or groups. Paul was showing us in these 16 verses the example of greeting one another. And what happens when we apply that principles to us? First, when you greet people sincerely and generously, you acknowledge them. You acknowledge them. Verse 3 to 7 in Romans 16. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Christ, who have for my, who have for my life laid down their own necks, unto whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches and the Gentiles. When we greet people, we are acknowledging who they are. We are not acknowledging what they are. We are acknowledging who they are. We as a church often have three or four people sitting down at the lower part of the foyer, shaking hands with folks that come in and greet one another. And they do a great job. Rita's team is outstanding. She is always there. They're always prepared. They're always warm. People say of this church, which I have heard in many churches, uh, my friend Fraser will... Will, will affirm that one of the great things said about Faith Community Church is it is a welcoming church. It is a warm church. It is welcoming. I hear that about this church all the time. But you know something, we're not growing. So there still must be a missing ingredient. We're welcoming. We're warm. We're friendly. But are we acknowledging people? Are we taking the time to greet them? The second thing I see from this uh, slide, or from this is, when we greet one another in the way Paul teaches, we commend people. When we greet one another the way Paul commands, we commend people. I'm glad Fraser came this morning, because I feel like the Apostle Paul with Aquila, he commended her. The first verse of Romans 16 says, I commend to you our sister, I'm not, I'm not uh, our sister Phoebe, 
a servant of the church in Caesarea. I ask that you receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of, she, uh, uh, of, a way worthy of the saints. And you give her, and I give, I better take these glasses off, and, and to, to give her any help she may need. For she has been a great help to many people, including me. Notice that Paul publicly commended her. And I was glad Fraser come this morning so I could publicly commend him because he too has helped many people in this world. And when we greet one another, we're commending each other. We're saying, I'm so grateful to know you. I'm so grateful for what you do. But you know, where we fall a bit short is what genuine greeting really is like. I am a military man from my early days. I chose the military because I wanted a man's job. I wanted to be a real man. Little did I know what I was getting into, but that was my motive. I got out of the military and I still wanted to be a real man. So I went to work in the oil patch. That's where real men work. And I held that attitude even after I became a Christian for the longest time. I was a man. And I wanted to do man things. And I went to my first church. It was a Baptist church. Loved me. As a matter of fact, they loved me so much that I came to know Christ there. But you know, I went to a church a little while later that taught me something. It taught me about the human touch. That there's something about touching each other in our greeting. We shake hands, but is that the real touch? Or what if we shake hands, and as we're shaking hands, we grab the person's shoulder and give them a real shake and express through our human touch that we acknowledge you. You're important to me. I love you. You're special to me. There are some ladies in our church, there she is, loves to come and give me a hug. Every time she comes in, I can see her coming. It's almost like a little girl running up to her daddy, and she runs and she just gives me the, almost takes me off my feet. And you know something? I know I'm loved. I know she cares about me. And so I've begun to learn to do that. We had a couple come to our church at Faith that introduced hugging at Faith Community Church. A man and a wife came from the Nazarene church, and they just started hugging people. And I got to tell you, faith is a huggy church. It's a huggy church. And you know something, folks? That's what the 21st century wants to see. They don't want to belong to a church that they don't feel cares about them all the time that they're greeted with a sense 
of I love you. They're greeted with a sense of I care for you. They're greeted with a sense you're important to me. No matter what their circumstance is. Greet one another with a holy kiss is just not the committee that sits on the lower foyer, but greeting one another is greeting one another everywhere all the time. Greeting one another all the time. I challenge you to do that. To greet one another all the time. But third, when we greet one another with genuine sincerity, we express affection. We express affection for one another. Why do I say we not, may not be ready for that? Why do I say we need to practice this model amongst ourselves? before God will bless us with the 21st century. The 21st century is filled with things that we don't want to touch. The 21st century are families living outside of the marriage vows. The 21st century is personalities that are beyond what we're comfortable. The 21st century is gay people. The 21st century are, are people with, with illness diseases, with addictions, with drug addictions. The 21st century is not people we like to touch. God taught me that lesson many years ago in a unique way. See, when I first entered the pastorate, I was, I was 35 years old, and that was a long time ago. I'm holding at 36. But not long after I entered the pastorate, my brother announced, my older brother, announced that he was gay and that he had full-blown AIDS. And I didn't want to touch him because I was afraid. I was afraid that maybe I would contact AIDS. I was afraid maybe that that people would associate me with a gay community. I was afraid. But then I grew close to him. And I started to talk to him about faith and Christ and the gospel. And I lost my fear. And I began to hug him and touch him and let him know he was valuable. The 21st century is outside of our doors, and that's what they bring into the church. Not to change the church, but to be changed. Because here is where Christ is. Here is where the gospel is. Here is where the power of the Holy Spirit is. And we will need to welcome that culture into here so that the Holy Spirit can do their work amongst them. God wants to bless the North American church if we would just get off our butts and do the things of the Christian way, and greeting is vitally important. You see, the human touch is important. And the best example was that of Jesus. Jesus touched the lepers. 
No one would ever touch a leper in those days. Jesus touched the kids. Folks didn't have much time for kids in those harsh days. He even reached out, heaven forbid, and touched the tax collector, the most vile and hated people in society. Conclusion. TVJ Challenge, Becoming the Visible Jesus. Let me challenge each of you to become permanent greeters. Not just when you come into church, but when you leave church. You know, I'm so, I am so excited. You know, when I first came here now, it hasn't been that many months ago. But when I first came here in December, I would notice that by 20 after 12, the foyer was empty. Now it is not uncommon for the foyer of this church to still be half full at one o'clock or quarter after one. That's good news. That's people getting involved in connecting. And I challenge you. My second challenge for you is to show impartiality. Don't just greet the friends or the people that you're comfortable with. Don't just greet those that you're used to. Take the time to go out and greet beyond your comfort zone. Greet beyond your family. Greet beyond your life group. Greet beyond those little circles that we're in. Get out and reach and greet everybody. I don't mind if 15 people come up and give me a hug. I'm okay with that. And I want to say finally this morning, if you are here this morning and you've never felt the greeting of Jesus Christ in your life, you've never felt the assurance of the Holy Spirit whispering in your heart that you will be in heaven with him, if you have never really surrendered, because you see, we can't do the one another's under our own power. We can't do what we've talked about over these weeks within our own power. We can only do it with the power of the Spirit of Christ. And so if you're not sure you're there, get out of your comfort zone and come and talk to me or talk to Pastor Ken or talk to Ron or talk to one of the elders or talk to Pastor Freddie. We want you to know that you're valuable. I don't care what you've done or where you're doing. What was more important to me is you, people. You see, vertical worship is when we sing and pray and praise the Lord. Horizontal worship is all about people. I close with this video.
community. We want to be a community that is a welcoming community to the 21st century. To do so, we must take these 12 exhortations seriously and begin to apply them within and then wait for the doors to swing wide open. Because I assure you, the 21st century is looking for light. And we have it in Jesus. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for, for the 12 exhortations that we're speaking of. And Holy Spirit, I seek your empowerment not only in my life, but in the lives of all my brothers and sisters that we will begin to make application within the walls of this church of these 12 simple principles. And by doing so, I know that you are waiting to spring open the doors for those from the 21st century to walk in. And so, Father, continue your work within us, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen.